It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Late in the Midnight Hour. Caught up with Millie Jackson. When you really feel like you need a little love and the man ain't nowhere around. And that can get to you sometime. You know, as you can imagine, we do this is like our third year of doing this, and we don't ha- we don't have a lot of friction on stuff. Like I, I think it's a fairly smooth operation. You know, we talk about the playlist we talk about what who we're going to do it's you know what's the order when when are we going to release it what's the Mm -hmm. stuff going to on the posting it's a fairly seamless operation the only thing that if someone said what what is the thing that you get back you guys go back and forth on and it's i'm like it's usually the length of the playlist (laughs) so so really one is out of control so let me tell everyone this I've been adamant about, like, dude, try to keep it under two hours. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's like, make the first batch for yourself and then cut it down for everyone else. And so when you shared with me the Millie Jackson one, I looked at it and I saw 65 songs, four hours and 25 minutes. Hold and, on, hold and, on. And, You're not telling the complete story. And here. so I let me just get my side out. Okay, you get it out there. So I saw four hours and twenty five minutes, and I <laughs> I literally saw those numbers went away, and I saw one middle finger go up and another middle finger go up, <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Well, okay, well, this is this is a perfect this is the perfect segue into our episode about her. Okay. So Mill- Millie, right, when she started out um, in, this, in the early 60s, and she was more like a straight soul, like northern soul right. artist, she, she was always nervous on stage, like always nervous on stage. So she would just start talking to the audience and like sort of, it's sort of like a rap, like just like, a, like storytelling or some topical thing or how guys suck and how this guy's cheating. And it became... Like and that she did that as an exercise to get over her stage fright, but then that became the thing. Like the producer and Spring Records, who uh, the label she was on, said, "Dude, make that part of your whole thing." And they started recording those parts onto songs. So that's why the 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 playlist is so long because a lot of the tracks I put on there have these like fucking two, three minute. Uh, talking interludes either in the middle of the song or at the beginning of the song and that's i blame that i blame her style for for i think if it wasn't for her like this like these raps that she would do beginning in the middle or wherever if it wasn't for that it would be a two-hour playlist or two and a half hour playlist but if you start tacking on the talking then it's four and a half hours so i have an excuse that's my side of the story so (laughs) if we if we do a look at some of these other playlists of yours. Mabel, mm. oh. 26 songs. The Saints, 36 songs. Uh, let me see, Lee Scratch Perry. Uh, well, Lee's a little bit longer, 65. Yeah, that he also he also had a, he was crazy prolific too. It was hard to <laughs> chop that one down. Right, but yeah. Billy is 65 songs. So if you, if look, you're, you're, what you're saying is she's talking too much. 
That's fine. Uh, that's not that's what I'm fine. saying. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. She has some long songs, but it's not like, you know, like six, like Woodstock, you know, 20 minute Carlos Santana jams here. 65 songs, if you cut those in half, then it probably, it's two hours. Look, I want to, more important to this, I want to get me to get me into what you love about her because you oh since man the, there's so much there's so much because because you the first time you told me you wanted to do her and you had the playlist done I I had to ask you what are you saying because you were you're like slobbering happy when you're telling me about it so what is it about her that that you find so uh why are you so interested in her or what do you find about because I because I, I, it's like I've seen your enthusiasm about a lot of things but there seems to be a special one saved for her well I think it's two things on the sort of like sensational part it is the talking before middle and end the songs where she's telling a tale of deceit you know deceit of sexual conquest that's on the sensational side i love all her rapping about it. it's nasty as fuck and and so and then you take that and you and you bring in the out al- some of the album covers like back in the shit like where like mm-hmm. like they're crazy album covers like they're just like like so that's the sensational part of her right that right. i love but then the not so sensational part and the more subtle part is that she's just a really solid soul singer who had always had the best people kind of backing her up like band band wise like i mean she made a bunch of her most of a big chunk of her records were made at muscle shoals right so uh, in alabama so um so she so she had she had the the brawn of this like crazy like type a female who didn't give a shit and then she had the more <laughs> this finesse of of just a solid soul singer who came up in the 60s as a, like more of a sweet soul singer and then transformed into more of a you right. know hard r&b like uh um uh soul singer and then and then just the fact that this talking the sensational part then morphed into this thing that influenced a burgeoning scene of of rap of hip-hop and and the label she was on spring was kind of one of the first labels to kind of jump on that so so I feel like she's a trans. She's she's insane and and hard. She's a great singer, and she was transformative in that she she passed on the baton to the next generation of of, of black musicians who were then doing something different. And so that that's why I love her. And I, I mean, for me, it was finding a copy of Caught Up, the album where she's like on like the guys the, the guys are on a on a fucking spider web that she. Oh, that yeah, she yeah, weaved yeah, yeah. for them and you know and it's kind of like when i found that for a dollar i was like this is a crazy looking album cover i, I have this feeling the music is going to match the album cover and it did and <laughs> so and, and 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 it's funny because that's the album where she's that that sort of talking part and that more like sensational like outlandish shit like that's where it started to take hold on that album right but so there's still on that album there's still a lot of like groove like groovy soul bangers that where that sensational right. part does, isn't really there so i was glad i got that record because it was kind of of an in in betweener for her and um and you know and I, I was and i was obsessed with the label she was on two spring right because, with the green label because i love that we the another band that we've covered on the show fatback band right, were right. also on spring so um 
so yeah that's i mean i just i really ha- and i just i just and i could listen to her talking and doing that shit always and it fucking it's amazing it's like it, 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 in the me too cancel culture moment that we live in i don't know if that shit would survive now right but back then and even as a as a, just a collector of music and soul music and stuff it really it had an impact on me like a major one and it was and it was it was it was a combination of comedy uh, you know being yeah when i speak everything everything i'm not only referring to the men because some of you women ain't shit either sit up on your butts all day long do absolutely nothing but watch one soap opera after another one the love of life search for tomorrow you're gonna be searching for tomorrow all right when these other women snatch your man and go on about their business and in case you miss one we'll get on the phone and call long distance to find out what happened oh child did you see all my children today Oh, what did Miss Tyler do? Oh, honey, what did Erica do today? I'd Erica your ass, all right. And I will say, I have listened to the, the whole TV, four hours. It's, it took some time. <laughs> it took some time. But my biggest impression from her, I mean, and I'm not going to dispute anything that you said, is like, you know, the thing I just kept thinking is like, if, if, if there were two shows, if like Gladys Knight was in was playing and Red Fox was playing at another place. I was like, oh, you could just go see Millie Jackson. You get both experiences for That's one. That's right. For That's one right. Day. Well put, my friend. Well put. Because she does have, and her voice sounds very. It's kind of like a, I would say, a huskier version of Gladys Knight. Yeah. But it, but yeah, they, it is. but, but it's they, like that. Yeah. but but they sound, they sound very similar. Yeah, the, yeah. You know the thing. You know the the thing about the uh, lengthier playlist. Also, there there is a bit of repetition in you know the stuff that she does. The, and, and one of the th- I'm not going to say that I don't agree with something, but I'm going to kind of push back because I want to hear your thinking on it. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of someone that has been influential, like on hip hop, I I think of like La- Last Poets and Gil Scott Heron. Gil Scott Heron, yeah, yeah. But like I don't I I just heard her doing hers more like slam poetry than like like anything like like uh, that has this like hers is more of story weaving in a very kind of like poetry type type way whereas you know like last poets have a little bit more cadence going along with the beat i agree with you 100 percent. last poets were definitely more a more fleshed out version of what we of what we would call like proto rap right. i agree with you 100 percent but the thing I look at Millie kind of like 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 Gill okay where they were both really good storytellers and would sort of weave the story into the song so that yeah is it is it like is it like literal rap rapping no it's not it's not but I think there's there's the, the DNA is there in uh, in in those guys and i do so i i would i would compare her more to gil scott although gil scott was jazzier and had, yeah also well, had had a lot of help from brian jackson who wrote a right. lot of the music and he and then and then um and and gil wrote a lot of the lyrics so it's a little bit different but yeah i i, th- I think your pushback is taken i i take it because i i, I agree i think some i think someone like like the last poets were definitely more like 
they were the they they were yeah. more of that link, you know, to rap than Millie was. But yeah. but I think what for Millie, I think it wasn't just the it wasn't that it was rapping. It was also the content of what she was talking about, right? Right. Like it's raunchy, it's nasty, it's calling people out, like calling out the the, the cheating ex girlfriend, you know, like like that sort of thing kind of reminds me of rap too, especially early rap before it became more socially conscious and well, stuff. Uh, like yeah, there was, and there was like some the, raunchy elements to it initially. Like Blowfly is another one I would use to right. compare. To compare, yeah. Yeah, and like she said, I, and she even like kind of put some, you know, kind of cut some shade on herself. Like she just goes up to the, oh yeah, she goes up to the wife. She's like, I, I've been cheating on your man, so that makes me a wife too. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was like, and it's you know, it's kind of that self awareness that it's not just on everyone else who's doing the shit. It's I'm in the shit too, and do, does it in a very nice way. Uh, the thing that you were talking about with the Muscle Shoals is that, it, especially in the earlier albums, like the music on it is fantastic. Oh, like the, back, yeah. the the yeah. band that she has is is fucking super strong, and I I'm kicking myself because I can't remember um, who. Um, who was in some of the sessions, but, um, I, you know, there's this line between someone who's clearly someone who, you know, like you said, there's a, something done out of nervousness to have some kind of a uh, patter to where it kind of ease that kind of stage fright. But there's also some, you know, someone who could definitely write a song. I, I think I was reading somewhere she started you know, when she was younger writing poetry and that kind of helped her kind of express herself. In, in you know in, you know different ways and um, you know there's I, I really don't want to go in the album covers because they're kind of head shaking some of them. Um, I love them. I, I love don't know. And even some of the names feeling bitchy yeah. like that's the best. See, I I, I I didn't like as much as you know and it maybe I didn't like the talking as much because I think I had it on shuffle so it would be like a song I'm like okay cool she's gonna sing this one and then she'd start talking I'm like Jesus what is it now Millie? I know I see yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean it's kind of. It can come across as one trick pony a little bit, uh, or a true. It can be intru- the talking can be intrusive and get in and get in the way of a good groove. I, you know, I get it, but I don't know. I think it's because she's such an album-oriented artist for me. I kind of look at that right. as a whole thing. And uh, I also, you know, I got really lucky recently. I was in Vancouver, and uh, the store I go to all the time, Neptune, had three sealed copies of her records. Like wow. from sealed from the seventies, I think it was caught up again, uh, feeling bitchy and sincerely something. I forget. It was three of them. They were sealed from the seventies, and I kind of like. I think bringing those home and unsealing them and listening to them like kind of uh, reactivated my my love for her. Just I, I just I don't know. I think I think sometimes it's easy f- for us for all of us mm-hmm. especially people like crazy music fans like me and you um and some of our listeners um is that you you get to, you get to this point right where you really take music seriously you know and, and, and <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not trying to say that you do that or i do that right. all the time but but we do it a lot like we're like oh fucking exile on main street or you know uh pretty pretty things sf sorrow like we're just like oh my god those are such good records and we and sometimes it's easy to forget about Millie, someone like Millie Jackson, who <laughs> the, the records aren't that serious, or 
or or critically acclaimed right it's they're more like they're like party records right and right and so and so that i i need to remind myself of that a lot you know what i mean like because it can't all be hard it can't all be serious and heavy because then because then it's not as much fun it's good to cut them up you know well i I, that's a really good point because i think there is something where you get too sometimes vested in like what should i have and you forget that you forget you lose that kind of joy of this kind of music you had point case in point to the to what you're just saying and i'll i won't it's not at as high a level as millie jackson but on your radio show on Friday. This, this Friday, Friday. This Friday. Friday. Yeah. You played a song, and I was like, I love that song, and I was like, I love that album. Why, why, why haven't I gotten that? Why haven't I got that album? And then what I what was it? And then I went on Discogs and I, I fucking bought it for like ten bucks. And uh, yeah, uh, fucking Tommy Two Tone. Oh, dude! Great, great power pop record. Yeah, great power pop record. Yeah, I, I mean, was like, uh, I mean, I love that. I had that album on CD, I think, when it came uh-huh. out, um, and I loved it. It wasn't like, you know, I bought it for the first song, you know, the Jenny song, but the rest of the album was like, of course, yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. fucking awesome. Um, and it's, it's a great, it's, just, pow- it's a great power pop record. It's but to great. Your point is just like I just gave myself over. Like there was a slight moment that I was just like, I'm not gonna buy a Tommy Two Tone album. Am I really? <laughs> I, I know mean, there's because so many. Get... I'm like, yeah, I gotta go get that Herbie Hancock one that I was told. Yeah. I was like, no, it's like, dude, it's ten bucks. It's a, it's near mint condition. It's something you want. It'll make you happy playing it. You know, you know you're gonna play it a couple times a year. So why don't you just get it? And you know, you forget the joy part of just like that those sweet spots like you're talking about, uh, because you try to get it in this kind of just you you have you have to justify your reasons for so much shit these days. Um, and I think it's, it's like just, that's like serious business, which I get. Like, what I mean, do you have on your bookshelf? what do you have on your bookshelf? Like, what do you have on your bookshelf? Like, it has to talk. Like, someone says, like, what's on your bookshelf says a lot about you. And I'm just like, why, why are you even looking? Like, why can't you just talk to the person, find out who they are? What's the books got to do with it? Maybe someone. Well, likes, I'm gonna put a Millie Jackson record on my bookshelf because yeah. that says a lot about me. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That. Like I, it, that's there's two sides. There's two sides to you, to me, or sometimes three, four sides. You know, like where you have the serious side where you really love, like you know, whatever the you know, um, I don't know Neil Young or whatever. And then there's the side of the, the more fun side or the more punk side or the more like whatever side. Um, I I know. I mean, I'm glad that you brought up Tommy uh, Two Tone because I've been on a power pop kick for for like months now oh, and right. buying buying dollar and two dollar power pop records that nobody wants like uh the first rick springfield record oh, yeah. or this band or this yeah which is great uh, it's the 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 i think it's like a superhero or superman he's got yeah. like a, he's a cartoon and then i and what else did i buy i bought this band that used to play at cbgb's all the time that were part of the sort of like original punk wave then hilly crystal the owner oh, managed yeah. them they're called the shirts 
they made a bunch of records for MCA or something. Oh, and nice. like, and they're like a dollar. They're like a dollar anywhere yeah. you go. And I find them, and I and I love those no, records. No, I mean, no, they're not. Like, I mean, it's like yeah. You, like I, anytime I see an Adam Ant album, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get oh. that. I'm gonna get that. You gotta get that. You I'm gotta like, get it. And that's the thing. It's like there's such a kind of fun, joy, playfulness, yeah. and it, dude, it makes you feel good. It's like yes, it's good to have some. You know, I don't know William Bazinski or whatever, and some other stuff that's a little bit more. But it's like you're in the mood for that. It's like it's all not a, you know, it's it's something to be enjoyed. It's like it's someone who eats broccoli. I was telling this story. I, I don't even know. This isn't music relevant, but we were like in a parent circle and they were introducing each other and everyone was telling what's their favorite fruit, food. And, uh -huh. this, and this one woman says broccoli. <laughs> and I'm just like... And it scrambled my brain. I'm like, who in the fuck would ever say broccoli was their favorite food? And it's like, I think in perceptions of things are over us, you know, overrated to such a degree. And so putting it at a premium, like, what are people going to say to me? I have to say something that's highly nuanced or like, I don't, it's so rare or such a thing or you know like how people used to talk about can like yeah you know can's my favorite band and you know, yeah like oh really you know um I, you're right it's like the millie jacksons who is just it's just fun to listen to it's not i don't know that's four hours but it's like it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's fun to listen to for like a half an hour yeah, I, and and it's also kind of like. But the thing is, you know the thing before I forget the thing about her also is like her live shit's about as fun as her her recorded stuff. It's oh like it, God, I would have killed to see her back in the day. It's a good day. balance. It's like her. Yeah. It translates well to the live album and the, their studio stuff. Anyhow, you know you're right. There is kind of this thing that we fall in this trap of having, you know you know going to the the counter with the the albums in her hand like okay and i've done this many times like do i have enough of a representation of so many different kinds of music that it will i will i'll be judged favorably when i go give the stack to the the person at the thing who i will never see probably and you know for another two years and don't have any kind of interaction with but it's like the things that you let your mind kind of take you through when it's just like, dude, just get the shit that you want and be happy with it and walk out of store that you got some new music to listen to and leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, like I, when I walk into a record store, you know, if I find a killer like psych funk record that I could afford, I get it. And then, and you know, I put the big money down on that or, or whatever it is, or a psych record or like a heavy metal record, some, whatever, something I've been looking for, uh, and I put it down. And then the rest of the money that I spend is on like, you know, kind of like Billy Jackson records or yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or even like, like kind of lost gems no, that are worth a lot of money. That's you funny. know, Yeah, it's like I get one over $20 album yeah, and then yeah. like then I get as like then I try to keep it like a handful of the under $10 ones or under $5. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why I like like the record fair we went to in um, Vancouver Island a few weeks ago me and my friend Neil we were hitting the the, the two got there were two sellers that had tons of $5 oh, records like wow, tons. Like ton, you talk with I'm talking about thousands. They each had thousands. Wow. And they were not and they weren't in alphabetical order or anything. They were just like kind of just bulk boxed, you know, five dollar, four or five dollar records, dude. We were we were knocking those out at like nobody's business. <laughs> like I, I found a Malcolm. McC 
McLaren 12 inch for uh, pop, uh, what's it? A uh, double Dutch, but and the song double Dutch I don't even like. It's the B side. It's called Hobo Scratch, which is a B boy classic. That like is like, it's considered like 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 one of the more important hip hop songs ever. Even though it was an instrumental and it wasn't really made by a black, you know, artist. It was made by this you know Svengali figure. So that that's what I'm saying. There's Matt. There's there are gems to be found in the cheapies. There are there and and the more you look, the more you find, and the more you find, the more you understand music. Because I think, yeah, man, serious records like can you know like can Tago Mago like like pretty things. What like all those things are serious and great and awesome. But and but the jury's already out on that stuff. Like I'm looking for the stuff where the jury's not out. They, yeah. they, like this, these well, motherfuckers can't it. even get arrested. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is like the like the Tommy Tutone. You forget about it. It's just like yeah. it's, it's, they're not. No one has talked about them. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. know, the Billy Jackson's. You know, Billy Jackson's like a great example of why we have this show. I know we. Hell's do, yeah. You know what's why 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 have is and she she had a good deal of success, no doubt about it. But she's far under the radar. Compared to a lot of other, uh, she was a or... radio DJ in Texas too for like ten years. Oh, she yeah? was like on the on the drive time. Yeah, she in uh, Dallas. She, she was like oh, wow. kind of a known drive time funny. Yeah, yeah, I you know, see like her. Talk, like almost like a talk show yeah, yeah. kind of radio DJ. I, I think she played a little bit of music and stuff. But um, so her and her career is deep. Like she started yeah. out in the sixties and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and you know kind of like gangster like gangster kind of. Um, like clubs, like smalls and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like so, she she's she's legit. On top of no actual, doubt, she like, put she's like, getting full career for, for yeah, yeah. She had a full career and uh and also so I like that she had roots in like she grew up in New York City yeah. I think and then like moved to New Jersey, Jersey yeah. and yeah and it's then like I love Brooklyn, all that. Yeah. That reminds me of like of of us. Like yeah. we're we're part of that whole fabric of right. of of um of artists. Like not not that we're artists, but that we're no. part of that that generation. Yes. Although for us, we weren't like we were kids when she was getting big, but yeah. I think for me, it was a she was a sort of read this like a, a reassessed discovery, like from like the '90s in a way, like and and, and, I, and I'm telling you, it was hip hop. Like I've talked I've talked about this on the show before. Hip hop helped me understand a lot of different kinds of music because yeah. you know it was all based on uh, yeah. on, on sample culture and stuff like that, and I, and it was like opened up my you know. My sort of reality to things that I don't know if I would have dug so deep if I was hadn't been exposed that way. You know, it's like it's almost like the, all the people that I hung out with that were either they worked in hip hop or were hip hop producers or were rappers themselves. Like they helped me discover esoteric music, right? Right, and that that sort of like led me to where we are right now, doing this show. You know, it's like that's that's what it's all about. And it doesn't matter if it's a dollar, a dollar Tommy Two Tone record, or a fifty dollar Real Kids record. It doesn't matter. It's like it's all part of the same thing. Yep. Right. Well Just said. Things, some things are valued more than others. That's all. That is very true. And yeah, yeah and whether it's, you know, and it, you know what? I think also it's situational value too. It's like sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes that Tommy Two Tone album is going to is is more of a value for you at that moment than the Can you know album because this is the mood that you're in and this is what you want to hear. And the Can album is just not going to do it. It's not going to get it's not going to get you across the line. Anyhow, um, yeah. 
Well, thank you again for putting that up because I, you know, she's one that is definitely under my radar. I definitely heard of her, definitely heard some stuff of hers, but never, you know, didn't really get into her that deeply. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and, and uh, you know, let us know what you think of old Millie Jackson. You know, autoreversepod at gmail.com, you know, or if you have someone to suggest that it's fall, fall, fell under your radar that you want us to tackle, we'll be happy to dive in. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. So, yeah, until next time. All right, peace.